Confidants, can you believe I am starting this episode giving an ad for my very own book? That's right. I'm here to tell you guys that you can pre-order my first book. Don't fucking panic the shit they don't tell you in therapy about anxiety disorders, panic attacks, and depression. Right now, you guys can get it at shop.catalog. I'm going to put the link below. They have some other really gorgeous books. I mean, that's what made me want to stick with them as a publisher. Their content is just gorgeous. It's relevant. It speaks to the soul. It's written by real people your age. You should check out all of their stuff. And of course, my book, Don't Fucking Panic, is filled with tons of exercises, stories, anecdotes, journal entries, coloring pages. It's got it all. It is long. It is something you can bring in the car with you, in your bag, in the purse, on an airplane, on a boat. I don't know what you're doing in your spare time. Bring it anywhere you want because this book is meant to be written on, laughed in, cried upon, torn apart. It is a book that I truly made for you and your soul and your mental health. So get it now, pre-order it. The link is included below. Let's start the show. Hello, confidants, my confidants. Welcome to another episode of Confidently Insecure, the podcast where we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. And that's what's beautiful about this podcast is you know you can come here and learn, ask questions, seek information and knowledge. And y'all have been asking for this episode forever and ever. And I'm just gonna put it out there. We are talking to Madison Hall, the professional journalist, business insider. You are, with the way we know each other was from you interviewing me for the book that is coming out, by the way. Hopefully I'll have more information about that when that comes out soon. Well, I mean, I, I was aware of you. I knew of you. For <laughs> the BuzzFeed world, yeah. right? Right. Um, but I, I mean, we met through your PR people, I guess. Oh yeah, okay. So we met through our PR people, whatever. You are Madison Hall, but to me, you're Maddie because now we're friends. We exchanged information. We've been chatting off the thread, yada, yada, yada. And uh, we are talking today about your transition from being a transgender woman. That is that is a big part of my life. Let's just fucking say it. And here's the thing. I've been wanting to do an episode just about like transition and, you know, the the nuance and the you know like I thought it would be super easy to reach out to like a celebrity who's super open about it and kind of get like the spiel and you know the story that kind of everyone knows but I kind of love that you're the person we're talking to because (laughs) you're like a journalist you're like a regular person whose identity was kind of thrown into the world. I guess I should explain a little bit of background. You posted a tweet earlier this year, just off the cuff, uh, where you said a lot can change in two years. And it was a photo of, and please correct me if I'm wrong. Do you prefer the term uh, pre-transition or pre-confirmation? I don't know if I've heard pre-confirmation, so pre-transition's fine. <laughs> cool. So pre-transition and two years later, and oops, whoops, you went completely fucking viral. And not to mention that this was a week before you were supposed to start your big girl job at 
where the company you work out now. So like, mm-hmm. let's just dive right into that first. It's like, what the fuck was it like becoming viral for being a transgender person? Um, it was chaotic. I think <laughs> I basically I had like, I had gotten a new dress I enjoyed and I was like, oh, I'm going to put on some lipstick and mm-hmm. you know, there was some good lighting. So I yes, took there a was. selfie um, <laughs> and uh, I took the selfie and I was like, okay, I kind of feel myself right now. Um, I'll just toss it out here. It's like 7 PM and went to bed. I was like, okay, this is blowing up a little bit. And then when I woke up, I was like, oh, Okay, we're at 30,000 likes, already bigger than anything. My God. I mean, already it was like, that's like a mini viral thing. Like, okay, whatever. Who's counting? Well, well, it's funny because people I talk to, I'll be like, oh, like, I had this weird experience where I went viral. And they're like, oh, okay. And then I'll show them the final count, which was, I think, like 620,000. Oh, my God. And they're like, oh, you went viral viral right which like is, there's weird levels of viral that I haven't yeah. considered like you become like a piece of feel-good news almost and like as a journalist you know you know that there are both sides to the coin you of course got so much support and love just for posting a fucking picture you weren't like taking a stance and like revolution like you were just being who you are and being like I this is just my authentic self here's like a photo And the support you received was amazing. But of course, there are going to be those fucking Twitter trolls who just say whatever they want. How were you able to kind of like balance that? Because you're not the like traditional YouTube celebrity whose identity comes from their transition that like their life is so put out there online. Like, bitch, you're a journalist. You got to be hella professional. Yeah. Um... I was definitely concerned. I mean, A, just of the like, okay, I'm about to start this new job. Like, I hope they're accepting at Business Insider. I I didn't know about like the internal structures. I didn't know how people were. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a very young company, like 10 or maybe like around 10 years old. A lot of young queer people. Hell yeah. So no, that was great. Um, But online, it was weird because it was like ton of support, tons of love. And then conversely, on the other side, it was just like all the hate you can imagine. Right. Like sexual assaulty DMs. Oh, Christ. Really weird. In the trans community, they they call people like certain people like chasers. If, if like you go on their Twitter account and it's clear that they're like only following trans people like sexually. Right. It's like, like a fetish, a kink or. Yeah. There are people that are just like, they won't call themselves a chaser generally, but it's right. like, Oh, I'm only attracted to these trans women. And we're like, mm, just kind of treat us something about that. That is like a little. Don't like other us. Like, right. And now there's people that are calling themselves scoliosexual, which is just like the same thing. But now they have a scientific term to be like 
oh, no, 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 I'm not a chaser. I'm just scoliosexual. And you're like, get the fuck out of here. Like, What is the breakdown of scolio? Like, I, I think of scoliosis. That's what I think. I think of like <laughs> Zach Kornfeld and I'm like, that's not what this is. <laughs> Quinn like, Diddy, shout out. Yeah, shout, shout out to Hot Ankles Kornfeld. Oh my God, love it. Um, but no, I don't think it's anything like that. I think he'd be a very supportive ally. Um, <laughs> of course he is, of course he is. <laughs> but um yeah, no, I don't know the like the, etymology, the, Latin, yeah, whatever. Latin breakdown. All I know is it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. And so you get you get some of that, right? And had you been, is the proper term out with your identity publicly to friends and families? Like how long your age right now, 23? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I turn 23. I'll turn 24 in February. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm getting old. Um, yeah, right. Talking to a 30 year old here. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So I, I guess a little background. Yes, I, please. <laughs> I, you're like, I'm a journalist. Let me get the story arc correct. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right. Like, I got I to gotta chat with management. And then, okay, no. Um, <laughs> Once upon a time. <laughs> yeah. I I started Hormones on February 5th, 2018. But, like, who's counting? Um, yeah. <laughs> after, like, you know, years of self-discovery and figuring that mm. out, which we can totally hop into. Sure. Um, but, so that was that. I definitely did it pretty secretly and quietly with mm. but and didn't really tell many friends i i definitely didn't tell my family for a while wow yeah okay um parents actually found out um so if i started in february i, I went to the university of missouri um uh, my school. my condolences no i mean is it <laughs> misery in, yeah yeah no wait is um, it in kansas though no, no, no. University of Missouri is in Columbia, which is in like central Missouri. Okay, everyone ignore me. I don't fucking know. Kansas City is partly in Kansas though. Which I think is where you're getting that. But Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> um so no, I, I had planned on telling them during spring break, um, which would be like March, April-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was on their insurance. I was paying for it through them so I was like I just like cross my fingers nothing happens but like late February one night I get a call from my mom and it's like hey like did you get some blood work done we got a met a letter from the like insurance saying that you did um I was like oh yeah like I was a little sick it was precautionary uh you know you ahead of time I'm really sorry and like yeah like we're paying your bills right now like mm. just tell us keep us in the labor like, yeah of course slip my mind yeah, 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 yeah. phone call ends I'm just like okay Oof, that is Ooh. I'm like that is the closest that you've come yeah um, now can I ask pre-transition did you identify as like sexually one way or the other I mean externally just completely straight dude I, wow. yeah, they, I mean, went out with women, didn't, and I mean, I guess it's weird, it's hard, it's hard to think about now, because it's like, okay, like, if I only liked women then while I was right. straight, then I'm gay now. And the math, I remember, like, when Caitlyn Jenner came out, and people were like, wait a minute, there was, like, flow charts being passed around trying to figure out, it's like, oh my god, who fucking cares, but 
I do think there's probably some like pieces of that you bring into your identity now where you were trying to figure it out. Yeah. And I think there's a lot where like, oh, what I used to consider myself. I mean, it's funny. I used to be like, oh, well, I'm not gay, but like men are kind of cute, but like, I would never do that unless I was a woman. Ah. Because these mental gymnastics where you're like, it couldn't right. be. Right. Um, clearly. And then like, as that moved forward, I was like, okay, like maybe I have to reevaluate this. Um, <laughs> sort of just, just a small reevaluation. Yeah. And I, I feel like nowadays I sort of just call myself queer and I, Same. I'm, yeah. I mostly am just like, I can't see myself not marrying a woman or mm. feminine-ish, I guess, non-binary person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have nothing against like being or sleeping with somebody more masculine, I guess. Sure, sure. It's all a fucking spectrum, right? Yeah. I don't think any, I think what I've learned is that like nothing is as clear cut. Mm. Um, and it, it, we always say it on this podcast that it's like, it's just to make other people comfortable. So like the mental gymnastics you talk about, it's like, well, if I have to tell my parents, like they're going to, they can't understand because of their old school beliefs or their upbringing of like what relationship looks like. So I have to give them something that they can understand. Cause it's about like understanding, right. Or, or maybe not, maybe not even understanding just about like their brains need something to hold on to. Yeah. Um, and going back to the, that phone call with the parents. Right. So that ended, I'm like sitting up in bed, like, I'm sure, I'm sure I was pale as a ghost. I mean, I'm already really pale. So, but, um, and then a couple minutes later, my mom calls back and is just like, (gasps) haha, like they must've made another mistake too. Says they prescribed you, um, like estrogen and she's she's looked back and said like oh I expected you to be like oh well that's that's weird that must have been a mistake but I was just like so I gotta tell you something it can't wow and so it was just weird over the phone call with my parents that was really emotional for like every side Mm -hmm. but yeah, no, they were nothing but supportive. They definitely, like, took it hard in the sense of, like, we didn't know this. And I think the moment I knew that, like, my mom and parents were really supportive was when my mom was getting really emotional and was saying, I'm not sad. I'm not angry right. at you. I'm right. just sad you had to go through this by yourself uh, for so long. Jesus, which is like, just that's, like, like, the answer you want to hear. Yeah, it's... It's yeah, hundred percent. It's so sweet. <laughs> and my and like my dad is from East Texas, like has a very Oof. different upbringing than myself. Yeah. Growing up in like Houston and my mom in larger cities as well. Mm. Um. Yeah, so I was like, I'm pretty positive that he'll be supportive, but I knew it would take longer. Right. You prepped yourself in your head of like what this scenario would look like and did it follow suit to what you thought? I'd say for the most part. um, Mm. I'd say for the most part, like they've given me nothing but support, but it's definitely been a really big learning experience. Mm. It has definitely been interesting and really heartwarming to like 
Mm. when I was coming home sometimes or like visiting from when I was living in New York. Right. Um, it would be like, oh, I come home and there's a Janet Mock book or a ah! trans parenting book sitting on no. the table they were reading the night before. Told me about that, but like they weren't know. also like this book, like folded with pages open. It wasn't like, oh, hey, I'm going into bed for tonight, and under the pillow is like photo right. proof of my blog. <laughs> yeah, like they weren't pushing it. It was just right. like oh, their own time. Yeah, and that was really nice and heartwarming to see. And my brother ha- did the same. Oh, I was going to ask if you had any siblings and how. Yeah, I have an older brother who turns twenty nine in a week from today. Oh, Um, happy birthday, brother. Oh, wait, a week from yesterday, excuse me. Um, (laughs) But happy happy early birthday to William Hall. Um, (laughs) And yeah, so we live, I mean, like, very cool person. We just have very different jobs in that I'm a journalist and he's in his last year of studying to become a rabbi. Um, Oh, very different views. (laughs) Well, I mean, it, which is also interesting because my mom is Jewish, my dad's Christian. So you get an interfaith couple, of course you get Ooh, a journalist or a rabbi. That's um, hysterical. It's like a Jewish woman and a Christian walk into a bar and what comes out. <laughs> the joke was always that like my mom made sure the kids were Jewish and my dad confirmed and made sure the dogs were Christian. Oh so my God. <laughs> that was the sort of deal. But Amazing. No, but no, my brother was also nothing but supportive. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know anything much I, about the Jewish community in regard to like identity and sexuality. It's only been what I've seen through the media of like that Rachel McAdams movie. And like, um, you know, I always joke that like Jewish guys were the my like favorite person to date because like they had like severe mother issues and like were always, you know, tall, lanky, and had the dark hair. Like it was between my friends. They were like, if he's Jewish, Kelsey will have sex with him. Um, And my partner right now is like a little bit Jewish. So I'm like, oh, okay. Partner looks like, Like I can say it. Your partner looks kind of Jewish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, he's like a mixed bag. He's got like, how do I, like Asian in him. Like, I don't know how to say what his identity is, but he is like a beautiful candy bag of identity. But I don't know much about like how I only, I come from like Southern Baptist in the South yeah. and like, we love Texas. We love Houston for trying to be progressive and liberal, but it is the fucking South. Like I do understand what that homophobia feels like. And you know, it, do you, do you talk about that, about like your Jewish faith and, and what, the, how that was affected or wasn't? Um, I mean, that's a good question. I think frankly in the past, like, I grew up going to like private Jewish schooling, education, um, and then like in college worked at Hillel for a number of years. So I was very like in that Jewish bubble for a really long time. Frankly, like to some degree, I got kind of burnt out from just (laughs) when you're so like inundated in a community, you can usually go like, you're either you get burnt out or you like Mm -hmm. stay involved. You go off the deep end the other way. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, nothing wrong with that, but sure. unless um, you're a Southern Baptist, I will say, yeah. mm, have no shame. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know enough about that. To talk, but, <laughs> I, yeah. Um, no, I mean, at least from the like reform, maybe conservative Jewish side, 
nothing but support. I don't really have any ties to like Orthodox Jewry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't really give any. Wait, did you just say the word Jewry? Uh-huh. Oh my God. That's a fantastic word. Jewry? Yeah. yeah. I've never heard that before. I mean, I, I don't know every grammatical like I mean, you're a journalist. Yes, you do. <laughs> you know, okay. I know every yes. grammatical instance. Yes. I know the AP style. There you go. Yeah. Jewelry uh, is absolutely going to become part of my vocabulary. Like story. American Jewelry, like American yes. Jews, things like that. Right. I'm right. Sure, yeah. I could easily be saying that wrong. And then when my brother listens to the podcast, he'll be like, <laughs> William, give us um, some space to learn. On, <laughs> no, um, love him to death. But. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting. Um, Mm. And uh, yeah, um, there are like interesting instances where you look back at like Jewish mysticism Mm. and there are certain like, I guess somewhat similar to like indigenous culture Mm -hmm. where it's like there are instances if you look back in the text where it's like, multiple spirits slash like mm. multiple gender things mm. that have been talked about. I haven't done a ton of research into it. No, but I've but, heard of I've heard this before. Yeah. So I think that fascinates me. And there's yeah, and there's also like a really interesting rabbi in New York City. Her name is Abby Stein. Um she's transgender and um was part of a super orthodox community. Um, basically in certain sects of the Orthodox community, there's the Baal Shem Tov, who's the, he's not God, but he was very much a like super put on a pedestal figure of this Mm -hmm. man close to God. Mm -hmm. Um, and her family and father are supposed to be like direct descendants of him, which is like a really big deal in that community. And when she got when she came out, she got kicked out of that community, but has continued to like really be an active Jewish voice for trans people. And it's been really, really fascinating to see her and like explore Judaism and give a community to the. Right. And kind of also have like proof to say something, you know, like I feel like with southern baptism it's like love your neighbor unless they're gay then fuck them and it's like love your neighbor unless they're like a different right like it's very pick and choose and I Mm -hmm. think to have a community that does say well like hey if this is the text you study and this is how you interpret it like are you really being a insert a you know religious community here Mm -hmm. um but that's that's heartwarming to hear that you felt supported and loved and um you know do you feel like you had a easy coming out or an easy transition considering the way that it was like (laughs) I think all things considered I'd I'd say I'd call I'd call myself lucky um Mm. I I'd say I had it a lot easier than most just Mm. given that other than that post going viral and receiving also a ton of hate. Like mm. I received really nothing but support since coming out. Right, right. And I 
I think I'd be remiss if I didn't know that like that's not super normal. Right. Yeah. Um, and that like I'm young, like mm. I've only had a couple jobs since college, but right. you know, when I basically before I graduated college, I had a job lined up, but like sitting down and being on a phone call with like their CEO, it was a small startup and just being like, hope this doesn't change anything. I'm trans. Wow. You said that to to something of that degree. Um, Holy shit. Did you feel obligated to say so? I mean, at that point I had worked part-time for this company for a little bit we had essentially agreed that I was going to move up after college and work from full time to the point that like, we had, you know, he followed me on Facebook. Mm. Like we were friends on Facebook. We were, you know, followers on Twitter. So it was like, and then that weekend or something, I was like planning on coming out anyways, because mm. I was on hormones and stuff for like year, year and a half before I came out. Wow. Um, which is its own. Yeah. You know, like, how do I hide that? Um, Seriously. But I knew I was going to be like posting and social right. when I came out. And I was like, okay, well, I'd rather not blindside my mm. employer. Mm. You know, if he, they're going to, I'd rather it come from the source than. Like if it's going to be a problem for some yeah. fucking awful reason. And it wasn't, they were nothing right. but supportive and like. But that must have been scary, not knowing how someone's going to react. Yeah. I mean, for that and for Business Insider, when that tweet went viral, it was just like, I don't know the cultures at these workplaces. Right, right. Fingers crossed it works out because in a lot of places it doesn't. But like, I think a lot of the journalism world, especially the younger journalists are much mm. more like yeah open-minded and They're fucking cool you ha- I mean I think in that it's a, the type of industry where like you kind of have to be super open-minded on everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um just by virtue of not also alienating. the job yeah, yeah. like if you're speak- a journalist <laughs> my job is to like speak with people from you know underserved communities right. or of other races or other mm-hmm. backgrounds like if I can't build a rapport because of bigotry then I can't do right that. exactly so you you talked a little bit about that period of time of being on hormones. And I want to talk about like a subject that I'm not sure I'm politically correct talking about, but also I love that you, you know, texted me saying like, nothing is off limits. So let's just go there. So I want to kind of talk about like presenting and like passing. Right. So I think what was interesting about. Now I know what you're thinking, Kelsey, when did you become obsessed with cowboy boots. Well, did you forget that I was raised in Florida? Are you forgetting I'm a little country girl by heart? I even wore my Tacovas recently when I went on a ski trip with my family to Colorado. I wore my white Tacovas when I went to the Taylor Swift concert. And if you didn't think you would need cowboy boots anytime soon, uh, might I remind you that Beyonce just dropped her little country album and you're going to need some Tacovas. Tacovas is my favorite boot brand and they're bringing a fresh perspective to hair boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 
time-honored individual steps. And Tacova's is Western to their core, offering a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples, trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, and they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to one of their stores, Tacova's delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Confidant, sober girlies, are you looking to cut back or cut out alcohol this year? Come on, join me and Zach on our sober journeys. Recess Zero Proof craft mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. We've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma, so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. That's right, zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the recess mocktail sampler at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. Each can is lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like so many stress balancing adaptogens made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make recess mocktails your drink between drinks or like me, your forever mocktail. I am so obsessed with the ginger lime mule and also the grapefruit paloma for spring. It's my favorite go-to weekend drink. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Your post was that, you know, there was a big celebration of looking like a super like sis. You were wearing like a college, like collared, almost kind of frat bro t-shirt. And then you're- On Bourbon Street, no less. Yes, you're holding like a fucking, one of those like New Orleans. Yes, like neon drinks with the huge straw. And then, you know, the picture you posted- so feminine and like I don't even know if I should be saying that but like so gorgeous so feminine and people are like wow you look so much better and you're like like I don't know how I feel about that so can you tell me a little bit how you feel about that and maybe also the process of like figuring out what I don't know if I'm saying this right so I apologize if it's but like what kind of transgender woman you want to present as is that right am I fucked up no I I don't think okay I, I think that's a fascinating question. Mm. Um, I mean, just to start, I don't think there's any need. I don't think any trans person needs to focus on like passing unless they want to. Fair. I um, never have really heard that. And by and by passing, I mean like looking cisgendered not right trans. um right because people think of trans as like you go from straight masculine male to like hella feminine dress woman and like people don't ever talk about the in-between yeah and there's a ton of in-between right. um I mean I it's funny looking back because like in high school Fucking was a captain of our lacrosse team. Oh my played god! Played two years of football. <laughs> I, did ah! of, I did a ton of theater and like improv and things like that. You know, hell yeah, girly things. Sure. Um, 
but like in all, you know all things considered those are pretty hyper masculine like uh, yeah um, <laughs> but yeah I mean can you repeat the like what yeah was the- no I do this I ask like I ask like three questions in one because I'm trying to like get it all out but I guess that period of time when you started taking hormones mm-hmm. and like until you felt like so confident enough to to post that picture can you talk about like the thought process of how you decide what you want to look like and how you want to present. Yeah, um, definitely a process. Like, I mean, you know, you're, you're going on, hor- like, if you go on, a, like, feminine hormone re- mm-hmm. regimen, regime or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, they're definitely slower changes at first. So, like, mm-hmm. definitely things you can sort of get away with and, like, you know, softer skin, like, mm. great, um, <laughs> like, lower body hair, mm-hmm. um, it's things like that, so it's, like, not the most notable, noticeable things, sure. but then it's, like, hey, it's been a couple months, kind of have boobs, how do I hide <laughs> that, because it's, like, summer in Missouri, wow, um, yeah, and, like, that's actually what spurred me coming out to like all the guy friends I have. So mm. I had a panic attack the day I was supposed to go. Love. I had like my first panic attack, like the day I was oh. supposed to um, go to a like lake. Oh, uh, fuck. I was going to go to a lake with them. I told the girls, they already knew. Um, yeah. Even though I was a lot closer to the guys, it was like, no, the girls are going to be cool with it. I'm just, it's safer. Yeah. yeah. It felt a lot safer, but sure. it was also just like, the guys don't know. And then it's sort of like the whole Instagram, like what boobs are good boobs. Sure. It's like, what gets banned and blocked or removed and like, mm. what's a male nipple versus a female nipple. Right. Because, you know, things change and it's like, I don't know. But uh-huh. And what so can you was, get away with? <laughs> yeah, I had like a kind of panic attack about that. And then the uh, next day it was just like, we're watching the World Cup, like drinking Bud Light in a dirty, <laughs> like college apartment. Right. And it was like commercials, like, hey guys, like I, I, I have something to say. Uh, and I told them, and then everybody was like, oh, okay. And then like really? back to all the guys just went back to watching soccer. And I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, <laughs> Not, not like not that they didn't handle it correctly. I was just like that I worked that up for so long. Sure. Like, like they didn't have any questions. Like I feel like if so, you know, someone close to me that I saw as like a cis hetero male was like, I'm a woman. I would be like, can we break that down? But maybe it's because I'm a visual learner. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe I should have had a big like big paper like pointing like. Here um, are the steps. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah, it wasn't like that. Um, That's amazing. But like, so that was really dope. And then yeah. going back to the whole like, how you dress and yeah. figure that out. Um, I, it's interesting because I definitely had like preconceived notions of like what my style would be. Like, ooh. Well, I thought like. I was like, oh, like much like college, I'm sure my, I'll just do that sort of style, which is like kind of yeah. grungy, stonery, like, yeah. like, oh, like 
lesbian-y, like I'll wear a flannel. Right. Like nothing wrong with that. And like still in my closet and I love it. Um, (laughs) But then it was sort of like, oh, like I've gone thrifting with some friends and Mm. things like that. And it's like, oh, interesting that like none of the stuff I've picked are of that nature. Like, right. It's one of those like, oh, I didn't know that I was. Yeah. And I don't have the energy or time to be like a high <laughs> fan. Like, like I don't understand that anybody amen. has that time. Like, um, but I do think that like my style and dress has become like yeah. more femme than I thought. And like, yeah. shout out to Target for having like- Girl, tell me about it. Literally like half my wardrobe is from like Target, if not more. Uh, the, same. The dress, Target. Target. Ava I'm sure I have. Yeah. Oh God, Nate Burkett. Like I could talk about it forever, but I won't because it's another not podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so that was just sort of a slow thing. And like, did you find yourself following like social media? Like, sorry to interrupt your, your thought, but I have to imagine like coming out as trans in this generation because you're technically still a millennial, right? But I'm sure you. I th- I'm in the cusp of Zoomer and millennial. Yeah, I, on, like that weird gray area. Yeah, twenty-three and like the cutoff right, is here. Right. It's like, like a, I think it's when they say you're like a cusp on. Like, yeah, like a, a astrology. Yeah. yeah. So you're a cusp. Which I am too. I'm on a cusp of that. See, you're so, full of cuspy shit. That's great. I like to just think that like internally nothing could agree upon anything, and there it's just you like fucking go. You're just it gonna was, be in the edge. It was in the stars, but I, I have to imagine like a Gen Z transition probably feels different than like elder millennial transition just because of the nature of social media and the resources of YouTube. And like, you know, I was even thinking about like, how did I learn about putting on makeup, which like, uh, you fucking know what you're doing. Um, it, it's like, I learned from my mom and I learned from watching other girls that I thought were like whatever society said was pretty and was like following their trends. And now it's like euphoria has gems. So I bought gems. It's like, did you find yourself relying on, you know, the societal norm of like whatever feminine felt like? To some degree. And I mean, Mm -hmm. like, I am bad at makeup. Like Mm -mm. even I'm literally just wearing lipstick Mm -mm. and mascara right now. You don't have blush on? No. Or your eyebrows. No. Fuck you. (laughs) I hate people like you that just can wear up and they're like, this is just my face. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah. So like, I definitely have been trying to practice like eyeliner and I'm not good at it. And I, I have would, a TikTok I can send you about making wing line, making wing winged liner. Please do, please okay. do. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, like when I first started and like came out to the girls and all mm-hmm. that, they um, it, for a while it was like, hey, like, do y'all think you could help me or like, yeah, put some on you me, guys want to go shopping or which is like so hard and scary to do like I swear like half the times I went shopping it was like just become like a ball of nerves I was like hey I'm sorry I'm being like this this is just like because you walk into like Target and Mm. you're like I'm in the women's section but I'm six feet tall I have short Mm. hair Mm. I'm clearly a dude like 
am I a pervert? Like, oh gosh. And you think everyone's looking at you think people are looking at you. I mean, I still do. I mean, there was one time my mom was like, Hey, I want to take you bra shopping at the place. Like I go and we got to the place and I just like panicked in the car and was like, can't do this. (sighs) There's literally like one dude sitting in the waiting area, clearly in front in the glass. But he sees me and it's like, that's not conducive to anything, but like, well, no, it kind of goes back to the conversation about passing of like, did you find or gain more confidence the more like outwardly femme presenting you transitioned to? That's a good question. I, yes. Um, I think I'm good, like kind of what I said earlier that even though you don't have to pass or want right. to pass, like it's what I personally like. Right, right. More strive for. Sure. Um, just because like love being in the trans community. I love mm-hmm. talking about it clearly. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I, I want the same respect. Right. And you know, I mean, not that every person deserves that respect, but Absolutely. like, I don't know. That's just where I'm coming in from. And I want yeah. to be treated as such. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. And so like, I definitely agree that the more, the closer I've gotten to passing and like, mm-hmm. like, I don't even know if I do. It's one of those things where it's like. Well, it's like, it's, it's subjective even to people that aren't in the yeah. trans community. <laughs> yeah. Like I think you could look at most women in, in a weird, like cis women in a weird angle or weird shot and be like, clearly they're trans like look at I used this to get that all the fucking time when I would go out in WeHo like you know I had five my five best friends were gay men and so it was them plus me and we'd be out in West Hollywood and all the time I would be asked which first of all I didn't like realize there was just such an openness to mm-hmm. asking in the community which I think I was like, oh, I feel safe, even though I'm responding with like a no, I'm a I'm yeah. super cis white female. <laughs> Sorry to burst your bubble, but it it was something that like I guess that's why I have so many questions about like the the present presentation. Like, uh is how much of being labeled a transgender woman matters to you or do you prefer like lose the fucking transgender part i am a woman i think it depends the context and like mm. when that would be i mean i think it you know i don't mind like being labeled as such because like there's nothing factually incorrect about that like, <laughs> i can't i am who i am yeah like you yeah. know i've seen myself in the bathroom i know who, who and what <laughs> right. i am um, sure. but like I don't know. I mean, I don't know what my like real preference is. I think mm. like, I, like I said at the beginning, I don't think any trans person ever wants to be like othered. Right. And that like, and it, so if it's like, oh, you know, we're trying to just get a feel for like, you know, everyone's background, what, what they are, whom they are, like, sure. Like, yeah. yes, I am a transgender woman, but if it's right. just like, hey like the you know all the girls are hanging out over here right it's like oh, if you to... raise your hand all the ladies in the room like hey <laughs> like yeah, in the club. I, i'm not gonna be like 
my arms aren't up because technically I'm a transgender. <laughs> I'm halfway. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no, like that's not, yeah. that's not what I'm going to do. I'm like, I can work and for like, this identity. Like, right, because I think two people, like, I, I think I, I used to say on my podcast as an intro, like, ladies, gentlemen, and those between, and like, I got people saying like, hey, sometimes between makes it feel like there's an end destination. And so I changed it like, ladies, gentlemen, and those who are neither. And I, I don't know, like, if that's really the best I, way either. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's one specific way that like, yeah. you're ever gonna appease everyone. And that's yeah. not like a derogatory sense. I think it's sure. just that like, everyone is so multifaceted and Absolutely. comes at things from different angles and perspectives and backgrounds mm-hmm. and experiences that like, they're gonna interpret things differently and want that language. Like, right jokingly like I always love the like ladies ladies and gentlemen or something <laughs> I love that um I think I I'm gonna have to use that in jewelry as my new like word of the day. <laughs> yeah just very sesame street like yeah. hey, hey cap slap here's what <laughs> I learned today Cap slap shout out to the DJ he's somewhere over there making breakfast um yeah that's that's super uh I think you're right like in the time that we're living in and as it's people become more accepted of who they are like the language will change and giving people the space to like learn and I guess oh my god I can't believe we've already been recording for 42 minutes no will you do a part two yeah, but I we can go to an hour plus yes, if you need. Absolutely. So I mean it's uh, clearly not a very big news day. Um oh my fucking for, god. And like this com- episode is gonna be coming out in a couple weeks. So just to note to the confidants, yeah. today is the day we found out Trump has corona. Um or it's, allegedly has corona. No, it's it's been confirmed. I don't doubt that. Um but like do, do I've been I've been too deep into the internet. Do you think Okay, whatever. This won't matter in two weeks because there will be a completely different narrative painted of like the story. But yeah. maybe, hey, now that we've brought up the big orange man in the room, let's chat about it. How were you in 20 fucking 18? Like, I feel safe with this uh, fucking administration. And, you know, um, how do you feel now knowing, you know, what's going on? And this I'm going to you know, say this carefully, just considering like I work. Oh, yeah, on you're a journalist. Desk. Sorry. (laughs) No, no, you're fine. Um, you know, but from like a trans perspective, like Mm. it's been interesting. I I mean, we've definitely seen an increase in like the whole minority communities, you know, seeing that increase in attacks and Mm -hmm. and disparagement, etc. Um I mean, I think the bigger concern for me mm-hmm. has always more been like, what about protections and yeah, legal absolutely. protections and health protections? I'm like, right. like, frankly, I was really surprised when the Supreme Court upheld the decision right. a couple months ago about like transgender people getting those protections in the workplace. We were like, oh. I was like, okay, not the position I was expecting. And like, I was waking up every week expecting that decision and being like, all right, this is the week that I am able to be fired because of whom I am, whoever I am. Right. Um, I don't think there's been a huge shift from 2018 to 2020 other mm-hmm. than like 
a new Supreme Court justice, which could yeah. reshape that. But like, I don't think there's, at least in my perspective, and I know that that's going to be completely different from others. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very like, I don't have that much of a shift from 2018 to 2020 other mm-hmm. than like, I'm much more ingrained in this community and I understand right. their concerns and fears a lot more. Right. And I wrote like a voting piece about right. potential disenfranchisement of trans people. Um, oh, tell me, tell me a little bit. Um, so basically like a little background too. I went through this process and actually learned that it, it went through the first day I spoke with you about yeah. Name right. and gender marker change. Um, hey. so figured out, but like party horn. <laughs> um, but no, like basically, right now within the court systems, it's really screwed up and wonky because many courts aren't seeing in-person cases. Um, and when that happens, like at least in Texas, you e-file instead. And it's like, okay, I had e-filed all the court paperwork I need. And then what would normally take just a few minutes in person, it was like, mm. hey, this might take up to six to eight weeks. Oh, shit. And and this is for your, your name and that, gender markers change, which would yes. then affect how you vote or like how the voting comes to you or? I mean, it... If you, since I changed that, I then had to separately change my voter registration. But if that process is like in the middle right. and you hear back too late and get that confirmation of the name change or realistically, like the name change happens, right. but I still had to wait weeks to schedule a DMV appointment because Ugh. those are at least in Texas right now being yeah. seen on like appointment only basis. Right, right. And so it's okay, there's this waiting period and then a waiting period to see the DMV to get a new license because you need identification right. in many states to vote. Right. And if that register new ID and your voter registration don't match up, oh fuck. Then, then you can't vote. And if all the court systems are backed up, and because all of, of that is in the loop and you don't hear back before voter registration is over, then that's just disenfranchisement. Holy and shit. And is that going to happen to millions of people? Probably not. But, but for a small community of people whom are particularly affected, right. you right. know, by certain issues and have a voice, want a voice in this election. It's stuff you need to fucking know. And it's like an extra job. Yeah, so that was definitely really, really interesting to research and talk with like the ACLU a little bit about. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, it's interesting because like I don't, I work hard not to be the quote unquote trans journalist. Like, exactly. I was going to ask. <laughs> like, I, there are incredible journalists out there, and yeah. there's some trans journalists who, don't only write about trans issues, sure, but like primarily that's sort of their go-to, fun. right? Yeah, and like I love that. Like Caitlin Burns, who just finished up at Vox, like one of the best, if not the best, trans journalist out there right now, in my opinion. Amazing. Um, really, really fantastic worker. 
she's written tons and tons about trans processes and debunking lots of like political things about mm. trans stuff and like really really respect her work yeah and I've done like I said like I've written about trans issues at Insider but like I'm very happy and fortunate that as a political reporter mm-hmm. or or just I guess technically I'm not a political reporter I'm a data editorial fellow so like okay whatever. data journalism yeah, helping sure. out a lot of articles um, but like 99% of my work doesn't have to do with that. And I can yeah. make a name for myself and just right. be that dope female reporter. Hell rather yeah. Rather than like. Who covers oh, mental health books coming out too. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that came up. She's um, multifaceted. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, that came up and like, I was like, I want to cover that. Oh, that makes me so happy. I want to talk. I was like, I want to interview Kelsey Darren. Oh my God. And then look at this. I'm interviewing you. And honestly, like I, we are wrapping up and I do, I have to do PR for the book after this. So (laughs) I do kind of want to do like a part two, if you are interested. Cause like I said, I I never get to my actual questions because I just start talking and become just like a fucking conversation with a friend. And, uh, but in the meantime, until we do a part two, can you tell the confidants where you would like to be found or followed or read? Yes. Um, you can, uh, Okay, you can follow me at on Twitter primarily at, at by Madison Hall. Yes. Um, follow more reporters. Yeah, follow all the insider business insider reporters. Um, if you're really interested in the elections, mm-hmm. follow uh, Grace Panetta. Don't mm-hmm. know her Twitter name, but she's yeah, up, absolute it. goddess. Um, and follow Jessica Huseman at ProPublica. Just fantastic. Two the in my head, like of the leading elections and reporters right now. Um, you're welcome to follow me on Instagram at yes. absolutely maddening. Which is um, a great handle. We've talked about this. And um, yeah, and then my, I guess, like insider author page would be like businessinsider.com slash author slash Madison dash hall. I believe. That's like BuzzFeed. We have the same exact link. We'll put um, it all in the description below. Yeah. So that's that. And one last thing, just because yes. my name is really weird and I learned this like out of the fucking blue and it pissed me off. What? Apparently you search Madison Hall transgender. <gasps> you, could, you learn that there is I believe an Australian murderer who was trained with that same name. You're fucking kidding me. No, and so like- (laughs) Oh shit. My life goal apparently right now is to work at these companies to just boost my SEO. We gotta gotta get your SEO. Yeah, we gotta call somebody about that. So just to clarify, I'm not- You are not the Australian murderer. Yes. Wouldn't that be funny if like you were at the end and you're like, by the way, that you're gonna see some articles written about me. I've been proven it. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck this whole time? I, you know, they've spoken about me on Ryan and <laughs> with Ryan and Shane. Um, oh my God, no way. No. Um, that would be amazing. But yeah, that was just like. We have to put an asterisk on that just to be noted. Yeah, so it's not <laughs> me, it's 
different spelling, but Great. fuck my SEO. What a wonderful thing to end on. Um, seriously, though, I'll reach out about a part two because I yeah. you know, want to dive so much deeper. And thank you so much for your time and coming on. Of and course. confident, you know that you can check out all the descriptions in the link below. You can always reach us at confidentlyinsecurepodcast at gmail.com. And please throw us a follow on ConPod on Twitter and Instagram. We're always doing giveaways on Instagram. Holy shit, I've got PR boxes out of my asshole. Um, and fucking, yeah, that's it. I love every confidant and thank you again.